Hello and welcome to the Talking Indonesia podcast. I'm Dave McRae from the University of Melbourne's Asia Institute and today I'll be speaking to Titi Angraini, Executive Director of the Jakarta-based NGO Perludem, the Association for Elections and Democracy. Utiti, thanks for joining us. Yeah, hello Dave, how are you? Today we'll be speaking about Indonesia's direct local elections, known within the country as Pilkada. 260 districts and 9 provinces, roughly half of Indonesia, will hold elections on 9 December to elect their mayors and governors, the third time these officials have been directly elected. This year's elections almost didn't happen at all, after conservative forces in the parliament voted in 2014 to abolish them, only for former President Susilo Bambang Yudhoyono to reinstate the polls after a public outcry. I started by asking Titi how important these local elections for mayors and governors are to Indonesians compared to last year's national elections. Uh, the local election itself is, for me, as the citizen of, uh, for example, South Tangerang, is very, very important because we will choose for, in our decentralization system, we will vote for our uh, mayor that will uh, responsible on public services and also uh, local infrastructure. So I think uh, if, we, if the question is about the importance of the local election, uh, I think local election is more important regarding uh, public services, public infrastructure, and local issues. But the animo and then the enthusiasm is relatively lower compared to national and presidential election. One indicator Titi mentioned of this lower enthusiasm is a lower turnout for local elections in the past than for legislative and presidential elections. She attributed this lower turnout to boredom with elections following the 2009 legislative and presidential polls. As people did not see their vote producing good parliamentarians, she said, they did not feel the need to vote for mayors or governors. She predicted, though, that reforms to group many local elections on the one day, rather than staggering them throughout the five-year electoral cycle, would see more citizens cast their vote in 2015. In 2010, we we have uh, we don't have a national uh, simultaneous election like now. Now we have uh, 269 uh, uh, local election at the same time. We have more like festivity uh, atmosphere, yeah? and then uh, we have national uh, holiday. Uh, different with 2010, for example, when I worked in Jakarta and then I vote in Tangerang Selatan and then I prefer to go to work compared to uh, use my uh, vote. Now uh, we have national holidays for the upcoming uh, Pilkada Serentak. We call it Pilkada Serentak on December 9. So I'm sure that it will encourage the voter turnout. And also now we have more examples, more role model on how we can vote for good people uh, through the direct election. We have Pak Jokowi as one of the product of uh, uh, local election and now uh, he is our uh, president. And then we have uh, Ridwan Kamil, we have Ibu Risma, we have uh, Ganjar Pranowo. Unfortunately, we cannot say all the uh, candidates that elected in uh, local election are good candidates, but we have opportunity to vote for the uh, good uh, candidate, good uh, people in uh, local election. 
When former President Udiono reinstated local direct elections last year using emergency legislation, he claimed not only to be restoring the elections, but to be making 10 improvements to them, ranging from tighter regulation of campaigning to protections against the politicisation of the civil service. I asked Titi whether she felt these reforms would actually result in better quality elections. There are indeed some improvements in the legal framework, such as the election campaign finance and the expenditure limit. Now, for the first time uh, in our Indonesian election history, we have the uh, spending cap or expenditure limit. And also now we have limitation to uh, campaign in uh, printed media or in uh, uh, on televisions. Uh, the the biggest span for from the candidates in election in Indonesia is uh, uh, for uh, to pay the televisions uh, and then campaign uh, materials. Now it becomes a responsibility of uh, our uh, election organizers. Election organizers will pay for the campaign uh, expenditure of the candi- uh, of candidate. However, there are also many weakness in our uh, law. For example, there is no regulation that specify legal sanctions for election participants involved in money politics. So there's no uh, sanction for uh, money politics. The legal framework also seems to be prepared in rush, only in three days. So there are many mistakes in spelling and sentence. And, and for, uh, uh, for us, uh, legal uh, community, it's a bad, uh, bad precedence in uh, regulations making. Scholars have highlighted the dominance of bureaucrats and business people in previous local elections. Titi outlined changes to campaign financing this time around that she felt could help to create more financial balance between different candidates. I think one of uh, the good thing in our uh, current uh, local election, now we have more equal uh, level playing field. Although you have uh, you you are a rich candidate, you have so many uh, resource, you cannot use it uh, like before. Now our government uh, will uh, pay for uh, campaign materials, for advertisement on media, uh, printed media and televisions, and campaign props, and also uh, open debate. So uh, th- that that uh, mechanism will give more. Uh, opportunity for good candidates or uh, uh, candidate with not much money to compete in uh, equal uh, atmosphere in uh, local election. An intriguing reform targeting the high cost of running for office is the new spending cap for campaigns. In last year's presidential election, although each camp filed campaign spending reports, a lot of expenditure appeared to go unreported. I asked Kitty how enforceable she felt spending caps would be in this year's local elections. Although we call it it a spending cap, but the limitation is still uh, too big. Yeah, for example, in uh, Tangerang Selatan or South Tangerang, a city uh, close to Jakarta, the limitation is up to uh, 18 billion. 18 billion rupiah is approximately 1.8 million Australian dollars. Uh, from our uh, experience in last election, there's uh, no candidate for the region's level, level city level, that spend more than uh, until 18 billion rupiah. 
So uh, the uh, effect, we're still questioning the effectiveness of spending limitation, campaign spending limitation for this uh, current elections because there's no improvement on uh, this uh, campaign spending disclosure. Uh, for instance, uh, the regulation on spend, uh, campaign uh, uh, finance reporting still uh, similar to the last election. Uh, there's no significant improvement on the transparency side. Campaigning is already well underway for December's 269 local elections. I asked Hiti whether there have been clear differences with previous elections. Yeah, compared to previous election, now we don't have so many uh, campaign materials in public space. Yeah, previously so many banners and then uh, uh, materials uh, uh, on trees and then uh, adf- a big advertisement on public space. But now uh, we uh, don't have so many campaign materials uh, in the public space. Now they uh, more they they have uh, what's, what what we call it blue sukan, yeah. Go directly to the people, uh, uh, having dialogue with the people, and then discussing the vision, mission, and programs. So that's why pa, pa, our president, Pak Jokowi, uh, said that our local election is more uh, silent compared to last election. Now, yeah, because now we have the regulation that uh, the candidates cannot uh, distribute, uh, distribute the campaign materials everywhere. everywhere. So we have different parad- paradigm for the current local election. We uh, demand for uh, uh, more uh, private communication with candidates through the limited uh, meet through the uh, direct meetings and then dialogue and then discussion. So that's the difference between uh, last local election and current uh, local elections. Okay, it sounds like it's been a bad election for uh, printing businesses then. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. One of the interesting features of this year's elections is that in three districts, mayors will be running unopposed. At first it looked like there would be as many as nine districts where this would happen, where there would be only a single candidate on the ballot form. I asked Hiti whether this is the first time that we've seen mayors running unopposed in Indonesia's local elections? Uh, well, um, this is the first time we have the single candidate phenomena. This is an anomaly because we have many political parties as the multi-party system uh, and large population. There are two factors, in my opinion, that can cause the single candidacy phenomena. Uh, firstly, it was deliberately uh, designed by political parties to tackle down a strong incumbent candidate. They expect if there is only one candidate, the election will be postponed until uh, 2017. Secondly, uh, the requirement for candidacy are too strict both for candidate from political party or independent candidate. A candidate from political party must acquire support from at least 20% members of DPRD or local house of representative or 25% of share of votes from the last election. 
Um, meanwhile, an independent candidate must acquire public support at least 6.5% to 10% of total populations. These are higher, both the parliamentary nomination threshold and the independent yes. candidate thresholds are higher than what they were in previous elections? Yes, higher than previous election. In uh, last election, in previous election, the requirements only 15% members of the PRD requirements, yeah, and 3% from uh, population, support mm. from population for independent candidates. Now it's increased more than 100% for the current elections. And also there are um, uh, so many incumbent candidates uh, and also there are so many uh, candidates that cancel their candidacy uh, because uh, according to the constitutional court uh, decision that the um, national parliament members, uh, DPD members, Senate members, they must uh, resign or step down from their position to be able to participate in, ele in local election. So uh, in my opinion, those are uh, the factors that can cause the single candidacy phenomena. But in these three cities, Tasikmalaya, Blitar, and Timor Tengah Utara that only uh, have uh, uh, one candidate, it's more because of the scenario of political parties compared to the natural uh, uh, reasons. Yeah. In the three districts where a single pair of candidates for mayor and deputy mayor are running unopposed, voters are simply asked to agree or disagree. I asked Titi how she thought that would work. Uh, from the um, simulations conducted by KPU, uh, believe it or not, but I think we can predict it, more than 90% um, of the voters vote for agree. Okay. So in Indonesia, uh, disagree sounds negative. Mm. Uh, disagree sounds not good. So with only one candidate, uh, agree is, uh, what is it, be becomes a preference for uh, voters. I think um, the candidate will, my analysis, yeah, the candidate will win uh, the elections and then uh, this is uh, becomes uh, like um, uh, a lesson learned yeah, from, for the political parties not to uh, continue the same uh, uh, situation in 2017 elections. Next, I asked Kitty how the high number of incumbent candidates would affect this year's local elections. According to Peludem figures, 200 of the 269 regions that are going to hold elections have incumbents running. Although Titi explained that this figure includes candidates who have been replaced by caretakers ahead of the elections because their terms ended before 9 December. Uh, there are there are less than seventy electoral areas where the incumbent is still in office at the time of the polling on December nine. However, that does not mean that they don't have influence uh, in the election anymore. Many election budgets were prepared and approved at the times when they are still in power. Uh, they have also already prepared many popular programs that can ensure their winning in the upcoming local elections. Uh, the other problem is related to the bureaucracy politicizations. 
it's, it's like uh, we, we found that there's some deals between the incumbent and the bureaucracy that if they uh, come back to uh, their uh, position, they will guarantee some uh, uh, position for the bureaucrats. The, uh, uh, we, we found the political transaction between the bureaucracy and uh, incumbent in some areas. Okay, so you're expecting incumbents, uh, even though many of these areas are now being administered by caretakers, uh, you still think those incumbents will have a pretty significant advantage? Yes, yes. And in our experience in 2010, more than uh, 60% in incumbent re-elected in the elections. Apart from the number of incumbents, another striking figure that Per Ludem has published is the number of female candidates that only around 7% of candidates in these elections are female. I asked Titi why so few women are running for mayor and governor, and whether there were steps that could increase women's participation. As I have said before, the requirements for candidacy are rather strict. The primary within political parties is also highly competitive. Thus, uh, most women candidates in the upcoming election are from the political dynasty or have certain relation with the party elites. Uh, there are other uh, factors, uh, for example, the high cost politics and majority of political parties in Indonesia still request a high amount of money for candidacy or candidacy buying. We have more women candidates in local election. I'm sure that local elections uh, creates more women compete on uh, election compared to the indirect elections. But the, um, there's no uh, research result that proves that uh, there's a relation between uh, participations and uh, women candidacy. But there's a campaign in uh, women uh, groups, uh, women vote women currently. Yeah? Mm. Uh, not only women vote women, but women vote uh, good uh, women candidates, uh, organizations like G, uh, G, uh, GPSP, Puskapol UI, uh, Kalyana Mitra, uh, is uh, working closely with political parties to encourage more women to participate in local elections. After December, the next big round of direct local elections will be in 2017. I asked Titi whether there were steps that could encourage or enable more women to run as candidates in those elections? Well, um, I'm not so sure because in 2017 uh, will be uh, 99 uh, region will have uh, local elections and mostly are mostly province will have their uh, election in 2017. The competition is more uh, tight and then uh, I think they will prefer to have more popular people and a candidate and with a good resource to compete in 2017 uh, local election. But uh, we, we are in civil society, encourage political parties since now to open the candidacy process, yeah, to give more opportunity to women to compete and also uh, to do uh, women uh, strengthening program in political parties. But uh, because we only have one round uh, system in local election, uh, it looks like that political parties, they don't want to gambling with the uh, candidacy uh, process. Yeah. So that's why uh, mostly um, political parties prefer to have men candidates uh, than uh, com uh, compared to women.
Perludem have also highlighted the presence of candidates in these local elections who are on parole for corruption offences. Titi told me their team has identified such candidates in more than 25 areas, explaining that a constitutional court ruling allows them to run as long as they've served their complete sentence. I asked her what their prospects were, whether such candidates have a chance to win in these elections. Mostly they are uh, strong candidates. Their electability is still high, and then their popularity is uh, so high. They are pep, uh, popular among the voters. Many voters still consider them as good person and eligible candidates because uh, they use their corruption money for the goods of the people, even though uh, they acquired uh, the money illegally. So they look uh, like center class for uh, the people, yeah? because uh, full of charity and then always donates the money to public. So it looks like uh, voters forget about their corruption case and then most, uh, mostly remember them as people with social uh, awareness uh, in their uh, neighborhood. In last year's presidential election, the fact that the election commission, or KPU, posted scans of the vote tallies from every polling booth in the country allowed the public to monitor the tabulation of the vote through a crowdsourced initiative called Kawal Pamilu, or Safeguard the Election. Kawal Pamilu sprung up as a spontaneous monitoring initiative from three IT-savvy Indonesians living overseas because of concerns that losing candidate Prabowo Subianto would seek to manipulate the vote tabulation in the days following the election. I asked Titi whether something similar was planned for this year's local elections, which are called Pilkada. Yeah, there is an initiative similar to Kawal Pemilu in the upcoming local election. It's called Kawal Pilkada. So in last year we have Kawal Pemilu, this year we have Kawal Pilkada. The application for Kawal Pilkada is currently available for download from the App Store and also Play Store for Android and uh, for iOS and also can be accessed from the website www.kawalpilkada.id Kawal Pilkada was first initiated by Hyrule Ansar and uh, 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 Indonesian programmer programmer that now is working in uh, Singapore and then jointly developed by other civil organizations such as ICW, Indonesia Corruption Watch, Perludem Public Virtue, Chain.org, and others. Apart from this Kawal Pilkada initiative, Titi explained that Perludem and the Election Commission, KPU, had partnered to launch an apps challenge for young Indonesian developers to take advantage of the data made available to the public by the Election Commission in open format. Almost 200 young developers took part, Titi said, with the five winners having their applications released by the Elections Commission. Uh, uh, in cooperation with uh, Perludem, our Election Commission uh, just released several applications uh, with Android and iOS platform that uh, public can monitor uh, the result uh, from uh, KP, uh, Election Commission uh, database. So we can access the profile of candidates and then their track records and also their campaign finance, their election schedules and also the we, uh, the result from polling station, we call it 
uh, C1 forms uh, also can be accessed from uh, uh, those uh, application. The name of the application, for instance, Pilkada Nesia, can be downloaded from uh, 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 Google Play Store. We also ha have um, uh, SIPS SIPS uh, and application for uh, disability, uh, voters with disability like blindformation.org and also pemiluakses.info. Finally, the so-called money politics or vote buying. An issue Titi said she expected to still be a major problem in December's local elections, albeit not on the same scale as in last year's legislative polls. One obstacle in combating money politics that Titi highlighted was the lack of criminal penalties. Unfortunately, there's no sanction, criminal sanction for money politics in our new law. So it, it is prohibited by the law, but there's no sanctions, uh, no criminal sanctions if uh, people violate uh, money politics uh, provision. As Titi outlined, vote buying could take many forms. Well, um, learn from uh, legislative election. Uh, actually, there's some types of, of uh, uh, vote buying. Yeah. Cash money, of course, it happen, happen, happen almost everywhere. And then goods like pails and then uh, t-shirt and then uh, rice uh, and so on and so on. And uh, but sometimes, uh, like I mentioned previously, uh, there's a transaction between candidates and bureaucracy uh, with the civil servants. If I can get my seats again, it uh, if I win, I can give you position. That's uh, also uh, some types of uh, vote buying. But also now they they pay for um, local leaders or religious leaders. So it's like they, they pay for the uh, respective uh, local leaders and then uh, ask them to provide some votes, yeah? for example, 200, 300 votes, and then uh, candidates or the success team, campaign team, will pay, will pay the uh, local leaders or the religious leaders. Uh, Butiti, there's a lot more we could ask you. Oh, sorry, there's a lot more that I could ask you uh, about the elections, but I'm afraid that I'm afraid that we're out of time. So thanks so much for joining us. It's been fascinating. Yeah, thank to hear you from so you. much. That was Titi Angraini, executive director of the Jakarta-based NGO Paludem, the Association for Elections and Democracy. And you can find the entire Talking Indonesia podcast series at the Indonesia at Melbourne blog or subscribe to the series via iTunes or Stitcher. Until next time, this has been the Talking Indonesia podcast.